Tears of the Kingdom isn't enough. This game looks like a Breath of the Wild 1.5 or a DLC to the game. I have been seeing this comment a lot recently, and I don't even think a lot of the regulars on this channel will have asked this question. I want to preface this entire video by saying that I will not be covering the artbook leak at all on this channel anywhere, because I haven't seen them because I don't want them to skew my view on speculation pieces. Do be wary of people in the comments though. I personally think that before the trailer we got a couple of weeks back, I would have actually agreed with the opinion that Tears of the Kingdom doesn't look like enough, but not with the load of new information that we've got now and even more information on the way. Today I want to delve into the question of what makes Tears of the Kingdom more than just Breath of the Wild DLC? And on a more personal note, the nature of opinions, which can be an extremely touchy subject on the internet and something that I am completely aware of. This video isn't out here to try and change people's minds, it's only out here to show mine and my guests' opinions, which may differ completely from yours, which is completely fine. I'm sure some of what I say in this video is going to spark some amount of debate pretty much no matter what. Heck, if I even miss something in a trailer after not watching analysis videos all week, it sparks a debate, so just bear with me. Thankfully, I do have someone to share half of the blame with today for his third outing on the channel. Welcome, Hyrule Gamer. Sharing the blame is always a good tactic. Respect, man. Also, hello everyone. I'm buzzing to be back on Trent's channel and get into what's going to be a very big and bold video. But it'll be worth it. Trust me. So, back over to you, Trent. Trent? Oh, oh, sorry, dude. I was just getting my popcorn ready for the comment section. Alright, here are some things that we think confirm that Tears of the Kingdom won't just feel like DLC by the time it releases in May. Hyrule is at the forefront of the problems people are having with Tears of the Kingdom from what I've seen, and I think that this is the most relevant worry to have about the game. We have seen very little that's changed from the Hyrule that we already explored in Breath of the Wild. A lot of people think that exploring the exact same world over and over again just simply wouldn't be fun, and I can't actually say that I disagree with that point, but I also don't think that we'll be exploring an overworld that feels identical to Breath of the Wild. Well, no, actually that's a lie. I think specifically Hyrule Field is going to feel very similar to the field seen in the last game. It'll have some new bosses and some new enemies, as we've seen like the stone talus and likely some random camps dotted about, but that alone clearly wouldn't be enough. But I think we've been given sufficient evidence to say that something very sinister is happening in this world. The two most obvious looks at this are through Hyrule Castle and Death Mountain. Both have malice flowing through them. Death Mountain itself also doesn't have any lava, as we've discussed in this channel before. Gorons pretty much function down to the lava around them and the rocks it generates over time. The Gorons of Goron City would be absolutely devastated to learn that they wouldn't have any more left. Maybe the malice replaces the lava, maybe it's blocked off by a malice vent, but that changes up the world in a very significant way, specifically in the Elden region. And I think there's ways that the world itself will be changed in various regions. The Great Deku Tree is seemingly all the way up in the sky, or at the very least has completely disappeared. <laughs> this would bring despair to the inhabitants of Korok Forest, bringing them to their knees with their eternal guardian on the verge of an eternal slumber. Garuda Desert hasn't looked like it's changed too much yet, but with Molduga herds seemingly making their way past the desert, that would make exiting Gerudo Town much harder than it would have been in the past. The implication that a monster is waiting for them to step out of the town to eat them would make the Gerudo extremely scared of leaving their homes. Sure, they're usually around, but they're usually not travelling in herds. There seems to be a very influential tornado forming above the Heba region, a region that the Rito are known for flying around, and with a tornado forming, there is always the worry that they could be pulled into the eye of the storm as they're flying, which could change their entire mindset on flight. They might even heavily change the village to prepare for the tornado. 
This is all stuff that's implied when just looking into the trailers and the cover art just a little bit more than a glance. Ganondorf wants to disrupt the natural order in this game. The world itself is likely not going to be the same. Though I will say that the overworld has only been in a few shots in the trailers so I can see exactly why people are worried and this is still my biggest worry to be honest. But it's nowhere near big enough for me to call the game Breath of the Wild DLC, which is kind of where I'm coming from here. The new Sky Islands and underground sections of the game have been a pretty big focal point across the four trailers so far. From the very beginning, we knew we'd go underground, and at the end of the first trailer there was a hint of something being above Hyrule as the castle began to rise. However, it wasn't until the later trailers that we got a much better idea of how this game will truly differ from Breath of the Wild. We went on to see Link exploring the sky across the second and third trailer, and then eventually in the fourth, we got a better look at the underground, specifically this shot with the McCoblins mining. It looks pretty big at first glance, but if you zoom in, you can actually see light in the far distance, telling us at least this shot is indeed pretty big, likely indicating that the underground itself, generally, will be big and explorable, not just a one-way path to Ganondorf. This is backed up by the other shots seen in the fourth trailer, one with Link being chased by a Hinox and the other with him battling a stone talus. These three recent shots, plus the first trailer entirely, show us something very important, a variety. Each shot looks like a different part of the underground, some more green and likely closer to the surface, and others darker and likely deeper. It's obviously not confirmed, but it's certainly looking as if there is going to be a hefty amount to explore down here, especially if it's all, or at least some, in relation to Ganondorf. Then there is the complete opposite of the underground, the sky. It's not clear yet how much there will be to explore up here, but looking at everything seen in the sky, across the three trailers featuring it, it looks like a lot. We've seen a certain area appear multiple times, and this has been speculated by many to be a sort of tutorial to the sky, but that is of course speculation. Similar to a point I made about the underground, the sky islands appear to vary in elevation. There's a variety. Some are pretty close to Hyrule's surface, and others are very high above the clouds. They also appear to be spread across the entirety of Hyrule. Well, above it. It looks like there's going to be a fair amount of them, with possibly more to come as we don't know if they all just showed up together or if it's a gradual thing. Perhaps some even need to be activated, such as the Lomai Labyrinths we've seen both on ground but also in the sky. All of this combined, the underground included, will make for a lot of content. We do need to keep in mind that trailers purposely hide a lot and only tease us. What we've seen so far likely is just scratching the surface of everything there will be. These sky islands in the depths of Hyrule are likely a lot more than what we've seen so far. Tears of the Kingdom is Breath of the Wild DLC isn't exactly a non-factual statement. We know that the game did start off as a DLC pack for Breath of the Wild. Would it have been a DLC 3? Was it a part of the Champions Ballad? What was the idea for the expansion? At the time of this video, we just don't know. We'll likely know in a few years when Alnuma is asked in an interview or, or something though, I don't know. But the fact that the Zelda team saw this as DLC in the beginning and decided to make something more out of it is extremely exciting to me personally. DLC isn't something that this series or Nintendo in general have been known for before the Wii U when compared to their competitors which made the DLC for Breath of the Wild just that more interesting, and I personally think that the Trial of the Sword and the Champion 
Champions Ballad serves as a perfect ending to a great game. My point here is that the Zelda team are one of the single most prolific gaming developers in the entire world. They have very few misses and they've had 5-6 to six whole years to work on this game. By the time Tears of the Kingdom finally grosses our Nintendo Switches, there will be 20 Zelda games that we can play. And out of those games, there are only one or two that I would consider mediocre and not really that fun to play. But even that is a stretch. I also have faith in series producer Al Numa, who's great at giving us a product that we love when they aren't on any time constraints. These developers know what they're doing more than any other team in the entire industry in my opinion, and they know how to make an experience feel unique every single time that you play. Without that experience, they wouldn't have been able to make Breath of the Wild one of the most influential open world games, or games in general, in recent times, with the exact same amount of time given in between Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. Which leads me on to a great side point. Tears of the Kingdom is likely using the same physics engine that was used in Breath of the Wild. The same physics engine and the same graphical engine that presumably took up around 2-3 years of the development time for Breath of the Wild. And with the remaining 3-4 years that the Zelda team had left, they created one of the most detailed open worlds that you physically could do with a system like the Switch. Now here's a slightly interesting fact. It's estimated that Red Dead Redemption 2's map is around 29 square miles large. And while there seems to be a lot of conflicting opinions on this, Breath of the Wild's base world without shrines seem to be somewhere around 25 to 30 square miles. It's hard to tell down to the scaling system in Breath of the Wild. Now, there are a lot of factors that play into this. Red Dead looks far better than Zelda in a realism sense, and so the memory size of the game will depend on that and the detailing of the NPCs, because the NPCs in Red Dead are crazy detailed. But thinking about the map sizes alone, it is crazy that Breath of the Wild is 12GB large, while Red Dead 2 is around 150GB in memory size nowadays. Maybe you don't think this is relevant information, but I think something very important and actually relevant to this is that Tears of the Kingdom has come out at around 18GB, a 50% increase on Breath of the Wild. Yeah, this game is definitely going to be big. A massive thing that indicates this game being more than just Breath of the Wild 1.5 in so many different ways is the tone Tears of the Kingdom is taking. Back in 2019, it was said by the developers that it would take on a darker tone. At the time, that was obviously cool to know, but it didn't mean much for the size of the game until we learned more. Fast forward to 2023, and we've had three trailers since then, showing us a lot more. The latest one in particular really showed us the darker tones they were referring to. I mean, Ganondorf isn't out to take over, he's out to end it all for Hyrule. Breath of the Wild took on a much brighter, and to a degree, elegant vibe. The chaos had already happened in that game. In Tears of the Kingdom, it appears we'll be truly in the thick of a potential kingdom-ending battle, as well as everything outside of that. This changes so much from the overall story direction, to including things that Breath of the Wild didn't do, such as dungeons, crafting, more traditional items, and so on. Of course that is speculative, but in my opinion it's very likely going off what we know. Starting with the story direction, this darker tone has to have actively dark stuff going on to fit that theme. That of course includes everything going on with Ganondorf, but also the backstory to what happened and the afters, which will make up a huge part of the story. It's unlikely we start the game with the Blood Moon firing all the enemies and Hyrule about to be torn apart. There will be something before that, something leading to it. Then there will also be afters, dealing with it, fixing it, saving Hyrule, and then there is it itself. Breath of the Wild didn't really have this tone, 
you wake up and the tone is already set from the get-go, post-apocalyptic. Tears of the Kingdom appears to have a different dynamic with how the tone will be set and taken on. As a result, massively changing how we play and naturally how much there will be. But it doesn't stop there. This result also affects the highly discussed topics such as dungeons and everything that could come with them. The Divine Beast from Breath of the Wild very much fit that setting and tone. However, in this very different tone Tears of the Kingdom is taking, the likelihood of there being more traditional dungeons is pretty high. The tone is a lot more active story focused, and the staple of making that flow well in a Zelda game is having dungeons to explore and overcome in order to progress further. Again, this isn't a confirmed thing and just my speculative thoughts, but I would say it's very likely due to this, and of course, that would fill the game with a ton of content. The point is, this game already appears very story driven, with an active story we'll be taking part in. Breath of the Wild lacked that, and as a result, left a lot of gaps to fill. Tears of the Kingdom will not only be filling those gaps, but also creating a ton of its own brand new content. The potential here is insane. Just one final point before we get onto our personal thoughts. The real marketing push for Tears of the Kingdom has only just begun. While there have always been big games on the horizon for Nintendo before Zelda's release, we have clearly never been this close to a solid release date, and so the marketing is really starting to become a bit more prevalent. With the exception of the date of the art book leak for Tears of the Kingdom, which is honestly pretty ironic, there has been a Twitter post on the game from Nintendo every single day since the 17th of February, at least at the time of this recording anyway. Nothing brand new, but it's been a load of screenshots with little nods to the importance of those shots to the marketing for the game. We even got a whole bunch of screenshots on Monday night and a little cutout from the trailer on Tuesday too. The marketing for the game is only just beginning. I personally think that there will be a Zelda Direct based purely on the fact that they still have a lot to show us for this game. Plus, there is some other Zelda news we could get our hands on too. Stuff like, you know, the Oracle games on NSO. The closer we get into release, the more likely it is that these tweets and smaller marketing pieces are going to be even more important. We're only very early into the marketing push for the game. Even Nintendo's banner on Twitter has now changed to indicate that most of their marketing efforts are going to be focused directly on Zelda. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our time to shine, and if you're still worried then we'll likely see some stuff very soon. If I can somehow conclude my thoughts on all of this, I'd end on this. The Legend of Zelda series has been going for over 35 years. Tears of the Kingdom will be the 20th mainline installment to the series. Have faith in the Zelda team to make this game truly sensational. Nintendo are the ultimate video game innovators and don't miss when it comes to a big hitter like The Legend of Zelda. If this game was just Breath of the Wild 1.5 or a big DLC then they'd have said that. They've made it very clear that this game is its own game. Just following the previous game. It's going to be full of all sorts of new and mysterious contents we've never seen before. What we have seen is just scratching the surface. You'll see very soon, when the game releases, that it's going to be jam-packed. Now, I want to step around the landmine field that is differing opinions on the internet. Truly, the scariest part of this video, I'll be honest. You are utterly and completely allowed to think differently to me and Adam. Quite honestly, we will be some of the single most biased people you will ever meet when it comes to the series and specifically this question, which is why I invite you to comment. If you genuinely believe that even after this video, Tears of the Kingdom still feels like a Breath of the Wild DLC, 
I would love to know why. There are of course some things that we just don't know yet. While we've seen some shots in the Hyrule overworld, that might not be enough, so I think every single answer can be valid. The one thing that plays a huge part for a lot of people is your subjective thoughts on what makes a good game, a good Zelda game, and what you expect for this title. Expectations wise, I truly believe that that stuff is usually on you, especially since we've had a pretty good idea that this sequel is going to be in the same overworld since its original inception, but if you don't like the look of the game because you're scared we haven't seen much of the dungeons yet, or because you wanted the open world to feel more linear again, these are just examples by the way, then wait for the next trailer, that is my biggest piece of advice, because you guys might be completely right and me and Hyrule Gamer might come back to the comments in this video in May and it'll be a load of people laughing because we had high hopes. I know dungeons are a big worry, I know I keep saying this in my videos, but we didn't see the inside of a beast until the final trailer for Breath of the Wild, and we've already had more hints that dungeons are going to be more thematically appropriate so far. Now one final final thing I can ask of you if you think this game does look like DLC. I think I speak for a lot of the tuba community when I ask that you please voice that opinion, but do it in a manner that doesn't seem like you're just saying this game looks trash, or something to that extent. I'd much rather know what your problem with the game is rather than a backhanded comment to creators who do love this series with their entire hearts, and a bunch of creators like myself who genuinely believe that Tears of the Kingdom has the chance of being the best Zelda title given the time. So I, I guess that got a little bit deep at the end, but I hope you can see my point a little bit clearer and I'm hoping we've converted some of you to our side. Though we might have done the opposite, who knows? Yeah, for sure, who knows. I think we've done a pretty good job here, and hey, if not, I bet you'll all be amazed when the game comes out in little over two months, and we're all taking in this new adventure together. I'm confident there. Big thanks to Trends for having me on this video, as it was a ton of fun. We've also made another video together over on my channel, addressing more specific worries regarding the game, and why you shouldn't be too worried. I'll hopefully see you there, but until the next time, I've been... Hyrule Gamer. Thanks for coming on the channel and make sure to check out that other video on Hyrule Gamer's channel to see our thoughts on specific worries that you might have. The link is in the description for that one. With that, please do subscribe for more weekly content in the lead up to Tears of the Kingdom's release and you'll join the 21% of people who are watching that are subscribed. Plus like the video if you enjoyed it, it helps me a ton. Thank you all to my amazing Patreon supporters and members, with an extra special thank you to Sumji and Jared Whedon as usual, and welcome the new face who is on this page. Thank you all for watching and I will see you on Sunday.